a playlist original. What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by CinematicRoad.com. I'm your host, David. I am joined today, Mr. Jack Renault, a man who probably hates me quite a bit for having to watch this movie today. How are you doing today, buddy? Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, you know, we're getting into spooky season now. Time to go get into some horror movies, and this was definitely a horror movie you made me watch today, so... <laughs> and, and making a return, a voice from the past, someone that I love talking horror with on here... Mr. Gaius, how are you today? Good, sir. Welcome back. I am great. It's good to be back, and I'm not totally mad at you for making me watch Thank you. <laughs> so, Thank you. I, spooky season, uh, I love diving into horror, and this is one that I think is starting to get a little bit more love. Not like a lot, but like a little bit more love in the last couple of years, and that's Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday, and as the film celebrates its 30th anniversary this year, I figured let's start Spooky Season with uh, a dive into Jason Goes to Hell. Um, and quite a dive it was. Jack Jack and I was was giving me the play-by-play on his first watch uh, of this movie. <laughs> so this will be the best part about this, Gs, as he did not know the, the twist ending. So, oh, okay. yeah, so that should be a fun discussion when we get into it. Uh, before we get into that, let's get into some of the news of the week. Uh, just two bits of news that I wanted to touch on. One is me as a fan of old 80s television. Uh, Jenny and I, we like to argue on which show was better, Matlock or Murder, She Wrote. I think she's going to take the W here because Murder, She Wrote is getting a movie and Matlock is getting a trash CBS uh <laughs> <laughs> a revival with Kathy Bates that looks absolutely terrible. Uh, so yeah, Murder She Wrote movie is in the works at Universal. Uh, Jack, have you ever seen Murder She Wrote? <laughs> I've not, no, but I know what it is. Yes. Yeah, it's. Uh, I have not seen many episodes. Just what Jenny has shown me. So, uh, but I know Angela Lansbury's goaded, especially with how many Emmy nominations she got for the show. Uh, yeah, I can. I can see this. If it goes in the right direction of bringing in a older actress to play Jessica Fletcher, that would probably work best. But we'll see. You know how Universal is sometimes. Gee, have you ever seen the show? Uh, I have seen Mercer. I used to watch reruns of it with my grandmother. So, oh, okay. Like, yeah. Kind of like a, a sweet thing to do with her. Um, it's it's actually kind of fun. And yeah, Angela, it is. Angela Lansbury is fun. And like I don't know, I like I like it. Like there's like a certain wheelhouse that was like made for old people shows yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it fits in there nicely along with i i heard about the whole matlock thing too that's really bizarre and uh, dude i i yeah, I, I hated the idea originally because i love matlock so much and then i saw the trailer and there's a specific joke in the trailer where they are um bringing up the show so the this show doesn't even exist in the world of the show the show exists uh, within the world of this show. It sounds it's terrible. I, 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 have, I have zero interest in watching that. Uh, but yeah, could could be interesting. It's from the writers of Dumb Money, which is getting some good reactions out of uh, TIFF. So could be some interesting uh, content there. Which brings us to the second bit of news and last bit of news that I want to touch on today, which is uh, festival season is in full mode. Uh, I will be covering New York Film Festival in a few weeks with only one world premiere there. 
we've pretty much got everything except next goal wins a s- giant six hundred and eighty eight dollar film um we got a we got the premiere of Priscilla, which is getting insanely good buzz. Some call it Sofia Coppola's best film since Lost in Translation, a movie I adore. Um, we got The Bike Riders, which some are calling a poor man's Goodfellas. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Jeff Nichols, so this may... I, I, I am interested in what we get here. Um, we also got The Holdovers, which I am also not a fan of Alexander Payne, so... Oh, you too? Oh, good, good. good. <laughs> Not really, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I get the look. I get the side eye. Like, you don't like pain movies? I'm like, no, I like entertainment. i never entertained by an Alexander Payne movie. Jack, you like pain movies? <laughs> I hit or miss. I, I like Sideways, but I oh. did really like the trailer for The Holdovers, so I'm actually decently excited for it and a paul giamatti character that people are actually saving to really like so i'm used to him usually playing assholes it's good to see good to see him not playing a music producer this time yes yes (laughs) (laughs) um and then probably the biggest one which oppenheimer finally has competition per se would be the golden lion winner um poor things which oh yeah I hear is phenomenal, and I hear Emma Stone maybe walking into her second Oscar, which, if you know I love Emma Stone, that's nothing I wouldn't mind. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, I heard, is amazing. I also read that if Robert Downey Jr. didn't exist, he would probably be able to win the Oscar this year, which would be crazy. Heard the production design is great. Heard the score, not not the score, the sound design is great. Editing, phenomenal costumes, so I think it's going to be an across-the-board player. Uh, I still do think Oppenheimer is the movie to beat, but time will good tell. To know we, good to know we have some actual competition in the mix going forward. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Anatomy of a Fall, which I saw, I'll talk about in a bit, Zone of Interest are still there, but they premiered at Cannes. I, did I miss anything, Jack? Uh, the boy and the heron. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Movie. Yeah, that's getting. Seems quite, like it's seems like it's an anima- animated player, but not. It's not going to be Spider Verse. That's kind of where. Think it, I think it's the one to beat Spider Verse probably, but it's probably going to be Spider Verse. Yeah. Is the, is the buzz on Saltburn? Oh yeah, duh, Saltburn. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, 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 that seems like it's just right up my alley. I saw that trailer. I was like, yes, everything about this. Dude, yes. I saw that trailer and I was like, oh shit, it's like a dark gossip girl. Look, yeah, a darker like, yeah. gossip girl. Like, where's Jenny Humphrey? Like, I know she's probably like, living here somewhere. Smart gossip girl, smarter, just smarter. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, it's, it it got divisive reviews at first, but now it's gotten up to, like, 80-something percent on RT. So nice. I am expecting this to be somewhat of a player. I hope. The only movie that uh, I did forget one. The only movie I was kind of bummed that didn't get overwhelming praise was Ferrari. Because Michael Mann. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, that's the uh, only one that I'm just like, fuck. Oh, not an awards player, but I know um, G's a big fan of this specific actress. We got the first re- reactions to Woman of the Hour. Oh. <laughs> which is the director. <laughs> do you know that? Do you know about this movie, G? I know a little, a little bit, yeah, yeah. Like Anna Kendrick's movie, it's a, yeah. based on a true story, directorial debut. The, the, the dating game. The dating like the game. Yeah, so no U.S. distribution so far, but I'm sure that will will change oh. soon. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, but really good vibes off of that. So, yeah, I mean, 
All we have left is NIF in terms of world premieres after next goal wins today. And then I guess the rest is we'll see what the critics, critics groups and then uh, Golden Globes decide to go for. And the rest is history. I did forget about one trailer that came out this week. What trailer? Uh, speak, speaking of animated movie contenders, uh, the trailer for Chicken Run Dog and Dawn of the mm-hmm. Nugget released. And man... This is my Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> Chicken Run was one of my favorite movies when I was a child, and I still love it to this day. As people who know me know, I adore Ardman and many of their creations. So You think it's I in? Love, I love I, having I, a positive stance like that. If we like, can get it to be good, then I think it's in, because I think Netflix, if it's going to be their main horse, I think Netflix can run a monster campaign for it. Not to mention Ardman has already run, won several Oscars in the past. That's true. Uh, so, I, I again, it's the animated feature category is going to be mad crowded this year, but I do think that it's got pretty good odds to get in that group of five. For sure. Alrighty, uh, that wraps up the news of the week. Uh, let's get into what we watched. Uh I'm going to save you for last, Jack. <laughs> um, gee, do you have anything you want to highlight that you saw this week? Uh, well, I saw The Nun 2. Is it better uh, than The week. Nun 1? Uh, it's slightly better. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, okay. It's my, I mean, it's I mean, it's honestly pretty much more of the same. It, it oh. relies like heavily on jump scares. It's, like, it's a lot of that. Um, there is, I mean, I, th- I guess the biggest complaint I had is, yeah, they offer more, like, origin and backstory and all that, but, like, when it's just really boring. I can't like, oh, think of, like, any other thing. It kind of, like, it really, really drags, and then after a while, like, you can only get so much of, like, you know, Balak and, like, shadows, and then in the background, you're like, oh, like, I, think I, see her, I think I see her eyes, and, like, ah, oh, like, and that's scary at first, and they reuse that trick, like, a lot throughout the movie and then that gets old so it's just like it's also weird too like to have like a central like kind of like image like that that is kind of so frightening and i guess uh, can we say iconic at this point at least the image yeah, of it is i think so um, and they don't really use her a lot. i mean i was like, gonna ask you because she's not possesses, in it she's not in it a lot yeah, in the first one I, I, yeah yeah and it's like it possesses you know someone but it's weird to like have that like that's the selling point and you really don't really get a lot of her at all and you know, it kind of. Yes, for me, is great in it. Uh, Storm Reed was also good. I liked her. The acting's fine. It's just like you know, it's I, the only. I think my logic is because a lot of people love the Conjuring universe stuff. They want to see how like everything is kind of connected, and that is the only thing I think it has kind of going for it. Other than that, I don't think it would do any business if it wasn't kind of within that universe at all. It'd just be another like run the mill. I think I wonder because we've been in the Conjuring universe, like me and you specifically, like for at this point the entire run. I think you think it's it, we're coming to an end. Uh, I mean, I guess I would have to see. I mean, like I I didn't realize this until uh, we kind of crunched numbers when we were talking about the sequel for Box Office. I didn't realize that the Nun, the first one, is the highest grossing um, movie in the Conjuring universe, like globally. So like, they're still, I guess. You know, some mileage in it. I mean, I think if you get like a good like Conjuring movie next, they can kind of like, you know, kind of ramp things up again, and like people will still be interested. I don't think like something like this completely kills it just yet. True, J- uh, Jack. Have you seen any? 
of the Conjuring movies? I've seen the first one. Okay. Uh, as, as usual with my horror franchises, I usually see the first one and then go forward uh, based on however I feel. <laughs> two is good if it wasn't nearly two and a half fucking hours. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the fuck James Wan was thinking. No that long. Like, yeah, it's insane. Like, it, it has interesting concepts because actually, because the, the big thing is that there's speculation articles ran about the Warrens, whether or not they are legit or not. And the, the second one actually dives into that. But then there's a lot of filler, man. A lot of filler. Yeah. Um, anything okay. else you want to highlight, G? Um, uh, yo, just with that, I, I mean, that was the only thing I really uh, saw this week. I've actually also uh, kind of, even though I made fun of people hopping on, rewatching Suits bandwagon, I hopped on <laughs> I, I hopped on. I hopped on it. I was like, "Well, I mean, I already knew the show was good. I watched all eight seasons of it uh, when it was like on USA, so I actually really enjoyed it." But I was like, "Why is everyone watching it now? Like, it's like it's huge on Netflix right now, like just like billions and billions of streams for it." And I was like, "You know what? I, I'm just gonna join the cult and watch it too again." <laughs> so I just uh, I got through like five or six episodes the other day. I remember. Um, I don't know if you ever seen it. But it's like a really uh, fun show. It's like really relevant. I remember Jenny. Jenny was really big in, like, really into it. Like, she was like you on the original run. So she used to watch it all the yeah. time. Like when we were, were before we got married. I'm like, what the fuck are you watching all the time? <laughs> but now, like, everyone's watching it. So and I, yeah, it's, I, like, it's like they just realized like Meghan Markle was on it. They're like, what? That's probably <laughs> it. That's definitely probably it. <laughs> That's actually a good point. Yeah. They're like, what royalties on that show? Like, like yeah, like, yeah, duh. <laughs> I uh, feel like that's happened. <laughs> So for me, I'll get I'll get the prestige out of the way first. I saw Anatomy of a, of a Fall. Um, it's as good as advertised. Like Sandra Huller, she doesn't get an Oscar now, but be pretty pretty upset. Like she is phenomenal in the movie. Uh, it does follow the tropes of a courtroom drama, but it does it really well. Regardless of that, uh, a little bit the ending may upset people because it doesn't have a definitive answer for you but i've spoken to a few people that did see it and we all have different perspectives of the ending so i think for what justine was trying to accomplish i think it works really well i definitely see it in screenplay picture and actresses in terms of oscar um alrighty, so let's have some fun here so i saw a 1990 michael keaton I don't even want to call it an erotic thriller, but just a thriller called Pacific Heights. Oh, that's my jam, dude. I that, <laughs> that literally started a conversation between Jenny and myself about B&Bs. <laughs> and now they're they're illegal in New York now. Gee, you can't B&B in New York anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And they're going to become illegal here in Jersey, too. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, pretty interesting. Uh, Michael Keaton's fucking great in this. Just watch it for him. Matthew Modine gets his ass beat for like 90 minutes. He has no come-ups <laughs> at all in this entire movie. Um, I saw... Yeah, he is. No, yeah. Full time. Um, I saw the Francis Ford Coppola movie, The Cotton Club, for the first time. Um, it's really solid. Did not know this was his return with Mario Puzo. Right where Puzo wrote the screenplay to this. Uh, it's solid stuff. I highly recommend it. It does feel like a talent show at times. Um... But it, it's pretty solid stuff. Uh, I saw The Witches of Eastwick for the first time, and oh. 
and it'll be the last time because I did not like it. Oh damn! All right, never mind. Well, I think it's fun. I don't know. No, you're, you trust me. I'm, <laughs> I'm on the land on my own. Like, I I thought because I don't like Death Becomes Her, and I put both of these movies in the same trajectory. And Jenny made me see Death Becomes Her last year, and I thought it was very unfunny. Um, Jack Nicholson's really good in this. That's about it. Um, <laughs> oh, the ladies? You like the ladies? No, nah, I couldn't even vibe with any of them. Cher was probably the most right. I vibed with in this movie. Oh, and the practical effects was actually pretty solid at the end. I did, yeah. I did like that. Uh, Easy A, um, mm-hmm. yes. like yes. yes, Emma Stone <laughs> is like I I put I don't like Bridesmaids that much, Yo, but if I Melissa McCarthy, uh, you don't like Bridesmaids? I think it's okay. Not as much as Jenny. Jenny loves Bridesmaids, but like I don't think Melissa McCarthy's worthy of an Oscar nom. But the fact that she got an Oscar nom and Emma Emma Stone did not get an Oscar nomination for this is fucking wild. Because Emma Stone, this is probably like top four best performances of her career. Probably. I think she's so yeah. good in this. Um, then I went to a lot of horror here. So I saw a movie based on a poster that I saw as a kid, and I hated the movie. It's called American Gothic. Uh, oh, forever. You've yeah. probably seen the, Yeah, you've probably seen it, G. Yeah. Um, I saw the first nine Friday the 13th movies. All right. Damn. <laughs> I'm trying to convince. It's just a I'm, casual Tuesday morning. Yeah. I'm trying to it's convince. Casual, like, <laughs> Thank God they're short because they're mostly 80 minutes, so you could pretty much run through them relatively quick on a work from home day. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to convince Jack to watch them. I told I told him it's the it's not the best, but it's the funnest franchise of the bunch. They're definitely fun. Yeah. Um, all right, here we go. I saw this movie called Shockwaves from 1977, where visitors to a remote island discover reclusive Nazi command commanded that has been beeping a ground zombie of soldiers. This movie's fucking sucked. Interesting oh, premise. Okay. <laughs> Interesting premise. Like, terrible. Good. Yeah, it did. But a movie that did sound good and was good. Um, Blades about a killer lawnmower on a golf course. It, right, it is, it is essentially jaws on a golf course to the Fair point deal. where I have a mayor they have a sheriff. They have a Quint-like character. Literally everything that J- that Jack likes. They even have a of uh, let's see, Mrs. Kittner, Mrs. Kittner character in, in this movie too. So it is, who slaps our hero in the face after her death in the movie. So right on brand. I think you'd I think you'd have a really good time. And it's from Troma. So if you guys know what Troma is, oh. then oh, yeah. then yeah, you'll know what type of movie you're getting into. Um, another trauma movie that I saw was called Frightmare, which I literally thought I was going to love, but I didn't really think too highly of it. It's drama students decide to pay tribute to their favorite horror star by stealing his body from a crypt. So I thought it was going to be solid. Eh, it's you, you can pass on that. Saturday the 14th. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I've heard of it. I don't it's fun. It's really fun. Yeah. yeah. It's a, obviously it's a it's a horror comedy, but it's it's super fun. And then the last one that I saw, this is definitely a G in my alley because I remember seeing this trailer when we were younger, all the time, and a lot of commercials for this fucking movie with this fucking Bush song mouth, and a, a sequel. Oh, a sequel to the Amer- American Werewolf in London and American Werewolf in Paris, Jack. Oh my god! That, I do remember that trailer. I remember that Dude, song. Dude, that song played song. everywhere, and I yeah, had never loved that song. And I had never seen it 
and then finally is streaming, and I saw it this morning, and I'm like, it's the, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Jack, do you remember the VFX from 1997's Mortal Kombat? Uh, yeah. Just think yeah. the wolf in American in London. I'm like... <laughs> in this. And it's just wild that the star of this movie... Julie Delpy. This is her follow. <laughs> yep, this, this is her follow to to before sunrise. Why? But it does you. It does. I do appreciate them putting the song from the trailer in the movie. Yeah, that was that doesn't always happen, and I I do remember that. So that's the one. Literally, the only part I liked was that. So just for that, two stars. But uh, Jack, there may be a poker punishment in your future. This is. Oh man! It even copies the poster of the original. So, all right. So, what do you got, Jack? Okay. All right. So, starting out the week with my Jaws ripoff, a little 1977 movie called Snow Beast. Uh, a skier and his wife visit a friend's ski resort during a, ma- a man beast rampage and must hide from the impending danger. <laughs> So yeah, um, <laughs> Snow Beast actually, I gotta say, looked kind of cool uh, with the uh, like effects, but it unfortunately made the Jaws choice of having a lot of it shot from its POV, so we didn't actually get to see it a lot, so that wasn't fun. Um, on top of that, the acting is all pretty hokey. I will say, uh, the movie can be pretty can be quite pretty at sometimes because like the white snow background and like the pastel <laughs> snow suits all looked pretty sick so not a terrible waste of time unlike another movie i stumbled upon on tubi called bunny man massacre <laughs> don't ask why i ended up there but i did and yeah don't lose in poker dave because i will gladly assign that to anybody it is it's it's, pro- it's definitely the worst movie I've seen this year. It's just a <laughs> What year did it come out from? 2014. So oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Uh, then I took an, an interesting turn in my um, horror watches so far. I watched The Hound of Baskervilles, which is a 1950s Hammer Sherlock Holmes movie with um, Peter Cushing as... Uh, Sherlock Holmes and Christopher Lee is the bad guy essentially and yeah it was really nice the sets were all really cool and just I love the general color of those movies from that era and it just had a really nice atmosphere to it um I haven't logged this yet Dave so you didn't see and I thought you'd seen it but I guess you hadn't but I finally watched the 1925 Phantom of the Opera. No, I haven't seen that, no. Yeah. Pretty decent, I gotta say. Um, Obviously, I think I prefer this movie most when it has the music of Andrew Lloyd Webber going with it. Um, But as a silent movie, it was was pretty good. The the title cards, I think, were used specifically well because they, like, weren't... They weren't overused, and they were there only really when it was, like needed and it was able to like keep the story going forward uh and then lon chaney obviously is iconic and incredibly creepy as the phantom and finally oh god i hope g's seen this movie what ended up being a waste of time (laughs) not in the way that you might think uh i watched the lawnmower man oh i've seen that so much i used to i used to watch it a lot as a kid i'm not saying it's good but I used to watch it a lot as a kid. 
<laughs> I did not, and it was my first time. And because I was so unaware, I was unaware that there was a director's cut. <laughs> and I ended up watching that instead, so I added on an extra 50 minutes that didn't even need Now, oh, man. I must ask myself, what could have possibly been... That those extra 50 minutes and how would the movie change if it weren't be for them because usually the director's cut is a good thing like I mean think think back to uh, the keep Dave I remember us talking about how that movie would have been better if it was longer yeah yeah I don't know what in the lawnmower man justified it being two and a half hours long <laughs> nothing <laughs> yeah I mean, but going back to the movie itself, I mean, yeah, the whole, the Windows 92 look of the the VFX, everything just looks hilarious, <laughs> memorable to say the least. I gotta say, so it could have been it could have been boring. So at least it wasn't that. Um, and then yeah, Pierce Brosnan, that was definitely a surprising name to see listed there. <laughs> and I, I I gotta look, I gotta ask, do y'all know what Stephen King thought of this movie? Did he not like it? He didn't? Okay. I don't know. That's, I don't know if he, uh, I was wonder. I was like, I wonder what... It, what it's, always, it, it's, it's always interesting with Steven, because he likes the shit that you probably would never have expected him to like. Mm-hmm. And, and then... then uh, and then stuff like The Shining. Okay. Just, not only did he not like it, he sued. Okay. Was, okay. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. It's the film originally titled Stephen King's The Lawnmower Man differed so much from the source material that King sued the filmmakers in May '92 to remove his name from the title. So there you go, Jack. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you agree. I, I wonder what he would have thought of that extra 15 minutes too. <laughs> I, that, that's what I have. I am pretty shocked that um, you found the two and a half hour one. To be honest with you. That was all there for some reason it didn't even like Tubi didn't advertise it as the director's cut it was just like two and a half hours I was like because I like from what you said I was like I guess this isn't like a horror movie I was like okay like I guess we'll just like see and <laughs> no yeah it did not need to be that long All right. but yeah I'm, I'm gonna rewatch the 90 I feel like that'll probably be I could go up to three and a half with the 90 minute I feel like. I think so Alrighty, so let's get to what we are here for. Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday turns 30 years old. Um, I have an interesting story about my first viewing of the movie, but well, Jack, since this was your first time, we'll start with you. What, are you, what do you remember about your first viewing just one day ago? Um, <laughs> well, yeah, this was... As you've mentioned, it's a franchise that I'm not too deep on, so obviously I'm the one to have on this podcast for it. Uh, thought it was pretty good. Uh, the kills, specifically the what the one we'll talk about it later. There's one particular kill exclusive to the director's cut that is quite sublime to say the least. Um, and then the practical effects on top of that too, I would say, are very good, but the logic of the story and just the general plot of it all was kind of kind of out there and kind of lost me at points uh but definitely a fun movie definitely one that i could see dave 
having a lot of fun with and definitely one that we're going to have a few fun conversations with in regards to a few things in particular a certain bounty hunter later on <laughs> yeah baby <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you Jay? Uh, I remember I my mom took me to see this theaters uh, when it came out and that was kind of a fun experience uh, a bit and I do remember as I got older watching this one I didn't love it for a really long time i was like there's my my train of thought was like well there's not a lot of actual chasing and that was kind of a disappointment um but um it's funny because like when david uh mentioned if i like had any feelings for the movie at all like if i liked it in a guilty pleasure kind of way like in the last like few years i have grown to appreciate it in a guilty pleasure kind of way it's by no means good but it's fun and you know that is kind of what most of the friday 13 franchise is like anyway and uh, i just enjoy it for how batshit absurd it is at points and uh definitely find it to be like a guilty pleasure uh kind of watch so i still enjoy it it's, it's still it's still in my marathon mix i don't like skip it <laughs> yeah the only one i really skip is the remake but i do oh, watch i do watch the <laughs> Like, I do watch the uh, first 25 minutes because they are some of the best in the series. Uh, it's like it's like two different people made that movie. <laughs> it, Jack, it's pretty... F- like, legit. Like, not even, like, great for us as a horror fan. Legitimately, the first for, 25 for, minutes for are... Movie, the remake. Movie? The remake. Okay. It's legitimately, like, insanely well made and just really good. And then the movie just... I don't know what the... F- dive. And then... It's like they had one director for the first half, and then that guy, like, he had, he got busy, and he was like, I got to do something else. <laughs> and, they, and, they, and they got another guy to do the other half, and it's a completely different movie. It feels like, I was like, all that goodwill is just, like, ruined <laughs> by everything that comes after that. Yeah, man, it's pretty it's pretty insane. Um, for me, I remember in third grade, and I don't know, you, you don't remember a lot of memories as a kid. It's just the way it is. But I remember in third grade... Yeah. There was there was a girl I was friends with, and she said she had someone that she knew that was in this movie, and she talked a big game as like a, a third grader watching this movie. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, I feel like I needed to watch this movie. I didn't see her for a long time, and she, I never knew who she knew. I thought it was oh, <laughs> my so so <laughs> so. She, so I'm not, I don't know. My guess is Creighton Duke, to be honest. I hope it's Creighton Duke. That's <laughs> um, the best case scenario. Worst case scenario, we'll get to later. Little <laughs> <old> Stephen William. <laughs> so, I, so it wasn't until, and maybe G will know about this. Um, they released like in 2003, like a box set with the first eight, and then they released yeah. the ninth one as a standalone DVD. So that's the way I was I was able to see it. But I do remember this being one of those VHS boxes that I really, really loved because it was like the flames and then the metallic mask. Right. The, the first cover is great. The first thing I remember like watching that movie was like, one, where's Jason? That's kind of like I didn't you yep. know I was not that mature with this stuff at that point. So I was just like, oh this sucks. And where's the metallic mask that was advertised in this movie? Um yep. as time went on, like like G, I'm like, all right. It doesn't just try to do the same thing. It tries to be a little different. It still has some gnarly kills. Why not? 
it's it's not great, but I've I've grown to at least have much more fun with it than I did as. And I mean, the movie has so many turns and twists; it literally creates a multiverse with two yeah. franchises that yeah. that I'm sure Jack will get into a little later. Uh, but in terms of the production of the film, Sean Cunningham originally conceived an, uh, of an action horror film was Jason Voorhees would battle Freddy Krueger of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Uh, we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, Paramount Pictures, who had released a previous eight Friday the 13th film, negotiated with New Line Cinema to take over the rights to the series. So that is why, Jack, you see the hand at the end. Literally just because now they could because they are under the same umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um uh, so Cunningham's original idea would manifest 10 years later with Freddy versus Jason. And gee, I have told Jack that the events of this movie are not even mentioned once in at all. <laughs> in Jason goes to hell. Uh, I, so the studio courted John McTiernan and Toby Hooper to direct the film originally. Jack, you made a face. <laughs> they had high hopes. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I was going to say shoot for the sky. Shoot for the stars, I guess. And, I, I will say I I did in some of my like YouTube video watching in regards to this movie. The director seems like a pretty cool guy, so I, I gotta say at least Adam Marcus I think is his name. His uh, yeah. T seems cool, but yeah, definitely maybe not up to the same par as somebody like John McTiernan. <laughs> he got a really bad rap for this movie. Like I'll I'll mention it a little bit later. Like kind mm-hmm. of I kind of feel bad for the guy to be honest. This is his first movie. He uh he was labeled as an apprentice for Susan E. Cunningham direct during post production of Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, uh, and was brought in by Cunningham to direct the film under the notion that he must remove the mask. Cunningham stated, "Find a way to get rid of that fucking mask." However, Cunningham has denied saying that. I don't know why Adam Marcus would lie about that. So I'm gonna. Yeah, that's really random. That's yeah. like a so random Adam thing. Marcus was essentially like the Tommy Lee Wallace of. Pretty much that universe, yeah. And then Cunningham also demanded that the events of Jason Takes Manhattan completely be ignored, to the point that they how ended could up... you ignore a movie like Jason <laughs> Takes Manhattan? Man. This is another. This is another one that I, I... guilty pleasure, guilty pleasure, dude. <laughs> I will... That's the one that I'm actually looking forward to checking out. <laughs> the opening credits of Jason Good Takes Manhattan is sublime, and honestly, when they're actually in New York, aka Vancouver. It's pretty good, fun stuff. It's pretty fun stuff. Yeah. Every, how would you compare? How would you compare most, most that that recreation in New York to something like Eyes Wide Shut? <laughs> well, <laughs> when they actually—I'll I'll say this, Jack—and I don't know if G agrees. When they're actually in New York, it's really great stuff. Like it looks really. Yeah, just seeing Jason Voorhees in Times Square is pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> When yeah. they're in the alleys, yeah, no, eyes wide shut by a mile. <laughs> Listen, I live in this area, and G's been to New York. The alleys ain't yeah. like that in New York. Not at all. <laughs> oh, even, I've seen it, yes. even down to like Scream 6. Scream 6 is like not really an authentic representation of New York <laughs> whatsoever. The best thing that they did in Scream 6 was the uh, the subway. Like that's really, <laughs> really good. Um so the the Adam Marcus's original idea was Eli Voorhees, Jason's brother, digging up his body at the beginning of the movie, eating his heart, taking on his supernatural powers, and embarking on a killing spree. We kind of got that, but not. Yeah, I got. <laughs> then another idea was to bring back Tommy Jarvis, 
but he didn't realize it no longer had the rights to bring Tommy Jarvis to this franchise because he's part of the Paramount. So we eventually settled in um, what we got. Unfortunately for Marcus, because the movie failed so much, he was actually originally going to direct My Boyfriend's Back. I don't know if you remember that movie, G. I do remember that movie. And uh, <laughs> the studio's parent company, Disney, did not want to hire a first-time director. And when Marcus was dropped from the project, uh, essentially, this movie pretty much ruined his career. I don't really remember him doing anything after this, right, G? This, yeah. yeah, no, this is it. I mean, and that kind of sucks that he kind of takes, I guess, I mean, I guess you're the director, you take the hit. But it's probably not, a little unfairly. I mean, like. Yeah, like it's funny because we look at Tommy Lee Wallace and he took a hit for Halloween 3, but at least he had Halloween and then he directed it. So he had a little bit of like right. some cl- some clout to play with after that. He had this guy had nothing um, yeah. in regards to the score in Maestro's Corner. The film score was composed by Henry Manfredini, who had previously composed the first seven films. Jack, what do you think of this score? <laughs> Pretty fine. Yeah, it was not, I, I didn't really have anything like incredible to note. The only thing I, the only like thought I had, there were some moments where they like had like the music like on action, like the synths for me at least weren't incredible. Just like the doesn't really work as well with the synth as it does with maybe like a violin in Psycho. Uh, But I mean, yeah, it's pretty good. I would say, generally speaking, the opening theme, uh, the credits music is pretty good. Uh, And yeah, I mean, I never really noted like. The Friday the Thirteenth music for, or the Friday the Thirteenth movies were having incredible scores. But oh, Jack, <laughs> you'd be, you'd be, I don't know, man. I disagree well, I, with I, you I, there. I know that Jason Takes Manhattan has a no, 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 no. I mean, that song is great, but I mean, the score of Friday the Thirteenth is really good. I think the original. Yeah. Hmm. I, mean, I don't know. I just, I just never. I, I guess it just doesn't have that same kind of like general knownness as something like Halloween versus Suspiria or something like that, where it's like transcendent i suppose but yeah all righty uh gee do you remember anything about the score <laughs> uh, not a lot i mean i uh, i i remember like i mean i, I love that uh he, he he composed like all the movies for all of them across all seven movies or all the movies in the franchise he did one through seven he skipped eight and then back at nine <laughs> he skipped eight yeah, <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> uh, yeah I, I at least love the consistency of the score i mean i i'm I have one friend that used to always talk about the Friday the 13th score, like in all those movies. And he used to always say, like, it just sounds like noise. <laughs> it doesn't really <laughs> sound like anything that's like really good. It just sounds like a lot of shrieking noise. But I think it works and it works for this. I, I, I think it's good. Yeah, same here. Uh, I like that he twists things up a little bit in this one. It doesn't sound completely the same as the uh first seven so it's a nice little tweak yeah uh the movie was released on friday the 13th august 13 1993 with a budget of three million dollars and gross 15.9 million dollars the 15.9 million dollars makes it the second worst performing film in the franchise after jason takes manhattan god damn it manhattan's taking a beating uh, made, <laughs> made 14.3 it placed 80 number 86 on the year's top 100 earners um on, money back then. it did thank god <laughs> yeah um yeah in terms of reception, uh, on RT, this is a solid 20% on 20 reviews 
on yeah. RT. <laughs> gotta, get that, gotta get that back up, Dave. No, I did that for Halloween up. 3. It's kind of my biggest pride thing I did on, on Ron Tomatoes since I've gone on is review Halloween 3 and be right under uh, Roger, Roger Ebert's review. Roger, Roger oh, nice. Um... <laughs> The L.A. Times called it a ludicrous, has ludicrous characters, garbled nonstop gore, and poor lighting as notable faults. Um, <laughs> this, at least it didn't get nominated for any Razzies, so it literally okay. just dealt with the poor reviews. Uh, not shocking. I mean, none of these movies, for, especially Friday the 13th, the only mo- there's never been a Friday the 13th with a, a fresh score on Rotten Tomatoes. Nope. Not so, even not even the first one. So, uh and that should say in terms of, like, you're not getting quality all the time, but you're at least getting fun. And if you ever want to learn how to make coffee, just watch the first one. You, you'll, be, <laughs> you'll be there for a bit. Um, I love that you always mentioned that. I used to, I used to ne- always mention that. See, it is a really point. Like, like, it, who, who allowed that to, like, It irks me. And I love, <laughs> and I, and I, listen, I love the first one, but I just sit there every time. I re watching it this week, and I see her getting ready. I'm like, oh, here we go. I think I could go, here like, go. I could go pee. I could go make myself some coffee. <laughs> it's like the whole process. And um, she's still going. <laughs> all right. What's age the best, Jack? Uh, obviously, I mentioned it prior the practical effects, specifically the, uh, the melting body, uh, of that one police officer, yes, love that. Uh, specifically cool, and then the uh, the director's cut. You shouted it out, Dave. That cut in half, man. That's just, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't I find the director's cut like anywhere online, so I just ended up. I was just like, it's three minutes like shorter. I'm just gonna find it on YouTube and call it a day at that point. Uh, crossover teases have aged pretty well. Granted, I did kind of roll my eyes because I was just, like, shocked at first, but <laughs> hilarious nonetheless. Uh, the poster's pretty freaking rad, I gotta say. Yeah. Very 90s, very 90s, but still awesome. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing I had, this probably made me laugh harder than anything else in the movie. I have written down here, Jason is dead. Two for one burger sale. Yes, having a sale, on, <laughs> having a sale on burgers, like for this mass murderer that's dead. Like, what so, a celebration! That's like some Twin Peaks. Like, I could see that at the at the Double R Diner. So I had that in another category, but we'll talk about that okay. in a second. Uh, gee, what, do you have anything here for what's aged the best? Uh, actually, I agree. I think the practical effects age really well. I mean, if you're a fan of like just watching these for like the gore and the mm. kills there's a lot of fun stuff in here i think holds up uh really well i actually like uh jason's look in this i don't know if i've been the minority on that but i think that mm-hmm. like uh, the worm of it all yeah, yeah. Oh, there, oh i mean when he's on screen <laughs> 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 when it's paint hotter he's actually on screen uh it, i the look, the look is pretty good and uh i agree with you. i i used to actually have uh this poster uh for a while up in my room uh, from the cover art. I actually think that is really cool. Of course, it doesn't live up to any of the promise that we were hoping to see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I think a, a lot of horror movies do that. I'm like, hey, we didn't get that at all. That's not what you promised to. Yeah, for uh, sure. It reminds me of like, the, reminds me of like the Curse of Michael Myers where he's wearing gloves on the poster. Yes! Uh, well, he doesn't wear gloves in the movie, so uh, thanks for that. <laughs> even, even better, even better, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, when you, that mask looks nothing like the mask in the movie. <laughs> Old school masks, like no, you get this like 
whatever that is. <laughs> and we're co- Jack's never seen that, and we're covering that in October. The Return of Michael Meyer. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, so you're yeah, mo- yeah, you're gonna... you're more than welcome because because I, I know you love long. the rooftop scene. <laughs> um, <All day> long. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna. I think you're gonna like that, Jack. I think it, it's it's a really fun entry. It it continues to like. I'm glad it still gets the respect. Because I know G and I were really big on it, and, and it doesn't have the critical praise, but I I think it's one of the best in the in the franchise. Yeah, I'm uh, the minority. I think it's better than two, and I know. I mean, I know <laughs> that's not. I was gonna, I was gonna say I'm not huge on two, so that could be that could so be bad. I I definitely if, like three more than two. So because two is my first, I always have it above. But I can see, sure yeah, like I can see the it's better. I mean, for me, it's one three, and then everything else. But three, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just glad that like I'm not alone on three. Like this is like a train that I'm the oh, conductor you, on now. You say me on that. I remember like trash, trash. I'm like all right, I'll watch it again. It's all right. It's good. on its own. Good, great to see. It. Great to see. Um, so for me, what's age the best? The eliminate all other entries and make a sequel from the original trick. That seems to be that's. Well. Literally was just done with Halloween. It's now going to be done with The Exorcist, yep. which is that's a trailer that w- came out this week, and yeah, that that looks like a movie. Um, cre- creating a sequel. So this is more of a backstory, Jack, that you probably did not know. I I think G would know. Creating a sequel in order to keep the rights to the IP. So f- Sean Cunningham, even though the rights were sold to New Line. They hadn't made a movie in a bit, and they were about to lose the rights. This happened twice before we even got Freddy versus Jason. This happened with Jason Goes to Hell, and then this happened in 2001 with Jason X. You mentioned if there's another movie before Freddy versus Jason, it is Jason X. Right, right, right. right. Um, a movie that I do like fun, this much. I think you've sent me pictures of Jason X before, <laughs> and it is certainly, it's certainly Jason. I like this more in terms of like I have more fun with this. But the Jason X has David Cronenberg in like a waste of a scene, but it's yep. still David Cronenberg. And then um, if you ever see one, if you ever want to see nipples fall off the screen, that's uh, <laughs> Jason X. Yo, yep. that okay, yeah, I just looked up uh, the Jason X. Jason, yeah, I've se- I've seen this before. Yeah, it's it's something. <laughs> um, the the horror multiverse, the fact that we have not just the end with Freddy Krueger's glove, but you have the mm-hmm. Necronomicon in the movie, which yeah. If we would have gotten an Ash versus Jason versus Freddy, it might have been pretty fucking awesome. Um, you mentioned it, Jack. The split half yeah. ten kill. That kill is like to me. It's top five in the franchise. Maybe my number two because number one will always be part two with the axe and the wheelchair. The machine and the wheelchair. <laughs> it's so it's, it's so, so funny. Cruel. It's so cruel. Though. So Jack, all the, the, all the people that get it like that. So there's <laughs> one guy, one character in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two that's in a wheelchair legitimately i believe he's in a wheelchair and yeah. his mm-hmm. kill dude he gets jason puts a machete in his head and then not only to make matters worth my guy in the rain falls down a large flight of stairs oh my god <laughs> and he was gonna get laid once they confirmed right like, you know his of uh, his stuff like actually worked because there's like a line like oh yeah like yeah does that still like basically work and he's like yeah he was about to get laid and uh ruined <laughs> completely ruined <laughs> and he died before she did, right? Yeah, he did. <laughs> and like, it's bad. Like, if he would have found her dead, at least he would have known I wasn't gonna get laid. But the fact that yeah, like, <laughs> he went first, he died hoping. He yeah. had hopes, high hopes. <laughs> 
and she's really she's a sweetheart. I've met, I've, met, I've met her before. The 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 girl that plays the girl in that scene. She's re- she's, right. she's a sweetheart. All right, what else? Uh, Kane Hodder is Jason. Like, will always be goaded. Uh, he's the greatest Jason. The last time, right? Yeah, no, oh, no, no Jason, Jason X. X. There's a big yeah. controversial story about J- Freddy versus Jason with who? Yeah, and yeah. That, that has not aged well. And whose fault that was? Yeah. <laughs> it made me hate Ronnie U. Like I really hate Ronnie U for that because it, yeah. you know, looking back at it, it was it was the wrong decision. Um, Shock TV, that news anchor, pretty much oh, like yeah. that's essentially like TMZ before TMZ. Yep. Uh, let me see, Creighton Duke. Just, oh, yeah. just the character Creighton Duke. Uh, the melting skin practical effects. And this is just a Dave thing, but Steven's line delivery of, I shot him in the heart, I shot him through the heart, and that son of a bitch still lived. I thought <laughs> that shit is so funny, that delivery. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping him <laughs> soon. I'm, I'm, I'm into him soon. Um, and then the final <laughs> shot of the movie. Um, my What days yeah. are worse, I'll just continue this. Uh, the incorrect Camp Crystal Lake logo when the movie starts. Yeah, Vorhes. <laughs> There's um, like one like False advertisement of the Metal Jason mask. We've ever talked about that. So it's funny you mentioned the costume G, the way the look of Jason. I actually didn't like the mask like molded it. into the skin. Um, but it is. I do like the build. I, I like that they made him like insanely ripped there. Um, selling burgers with the image of a serial killer for $2. Or two for one. Uh, turning down a one night stand for no reason. Because Steven is literally oh, like, yeah. like what? no reason to turn it down. Oh, yeah. Zero. Uh, she seemed like a very nice girl. Um, I don't know where you guys are going to stand on this, but the shaving sequence <laughs> where my guy shaves the, sh- the cop, I. I um, Voorhees blood relatives, even though they were never mentioned in the original. Outside of Pamela, Pamela never mentioned anyone else in the family. Anyone, yeah, you're right. This is like uh, let's just throw this in. <laughs> All right, Jack, what do you got here? Uh, yeah. So I, I mentioned this to you off the line, Dave. But yeah, there was a Jaws reference in there that was not slick at all. I think it was, I think it was Crane Duke. He was like, for that you get the head, the mask, the whole damn thing. And I was just like, hmm, wonder where he could have gotten that line from. Uh. One of the, uh, <laughs> I always have this, Dave, one of the characters, I think it was the, Ro- I think it was Robert Jason, one of the cops, looked like a Kroger brand of uh, Skarsgård. Kind of, <laughs> if you remember who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, the guy, yeah, the guy, the, uh, the, po- the police, uh, the, <laughs> the police office. Uh, and then lastly, man, Stephen Freeman. You do not need to be wearing a varsity jacket <laughs> at what looks like about 33 years old. Yeah. I, was, I, I just don't understand, like, what age that character is supposed to be. Because I was like, on one hand, like, it was they were kind of making him out at first to be like a high schooler. And then you learn he's like a kid. And then you're just like, okay. And then it just, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I, I was not a big fan of him. And I don't think the performance was really, like... Interesting. Definitely could have used some more charisma. He also, but the reason he was brought in is because he had history with Friday the Thirteenth. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, but like, was he in like in prior movies? Or no, he was the, the lead of the TV show. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then not what? Not the same character, or no? Was different. Just, completely like, different oh, character. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, interesting direction for that show. Uh, if you ever get a chance, it's worth at least a yeah, watch. I watched it. Yeah, it's, it's, was it it's like in the eighties, eighties or 90s? yeah, yeah. It 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 picked up on the eighties. Damn, craze, they went, yeah. Wait, so they did like eight movies, or was it eight or seven movies in the eighties? It was set. They ran through uh, no eight. They went through eight in eight, the eighties. Eight movies in yeah. a show. Jeez, man. I mean, that was Saul. <laughs> that was Saul. That was. Dude, Saw did it in less time. I think Saw yeah. did seven movies in six years or some bullshit like that. Yeah. Um, what about you, G? Do you have anything that's age of the worst for you here? Uh, you know what's interesting is we, we a lot of people talk about horror in, uh, at this point in the 90s. And there is something about like just the overall feel of the movie in general that feels very much like very, very just dated. Like You can tell like uh, there was no real like what we would get with like Scream eventually, like '96. Like this was like a very stagnant point for the horror genre, and you yeah. can tell like when you're watching it that it is very much like uh, it. It kind of feels like it wants to hold on to a little the '80s sensibility, it but does. it's like in a weird spot where it's like you know it just it doesn't really feel like uh, it's moving the needle forward at all either. It just kind of just you know there's nothing really progressive about it and I, I know the friday 13 movies aren't known for stellar acting no one is winning awards but they're I, I, a lot of the performances in this were just like really really bad i, I mean like i mean i can like like we uh, with number two i love my girl amy still i think she's fine <laughs> so i feel like there's certain performances that I, I can get behind in these in these movies but like none of them in this were particularly good and i mean i guess like the stephen williams stuff is like kind of fun in the you know, it's so bad it's gonna kind of way. <laughs> it kind of works, <laughs> but yeah, overall it was just like everything. It's like I said, it's a fun movie. I have fun with it. It's just a lot of it just feels so hokey and just dated in itself. Like everything about the movie itself feels like you can definitely tell. Like it's a kind of a time capsule of like when it was made. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. I they try to capture well, especially like just that decade as a like whole. Yeah, like opening. I mean, it's like. You know, a little bit of a kind of like homage to like what the like kind of eighties, especially for that franchise, mm-hmm. a bit. Uh, and you know, but just not in a way that's like, oh, you're doing anything fresh to do. It was like, oh, I was like, that was. A, I mean, horror was in a weird. I mean, of course, of course, we had stuff that was good in the early nineties. Yeah, like Candyman, people under stairs, and stuff like that. But it, it was a really weird time for the horror genre in it, general. It's interesting. Like I was, I'm, I'm collaborating with the folks from the 90 the 80s doc on the 90s doc and i'm oh, doing yeah and i'm doing some research on just like more 90s stuff and it's like i already knew a lot of this stuff but it's also like just a wild time like it's with i mean it was the direct to vh it was a direct to vhs era like literally we were yeah. like there's a movie that i really like from the 90s uh with uh ice cream man have you ever seen that g with i have not seen that. I, I thought you were gonna say dr giggles for a second um, yeah, like I really, really, lo- I really think that movie's really fun. Uh, but it wouldn't even get a theatrical release. Like horror couldn't, Jack horror couldn't even get a theatrical release in the '90s. It literally was like, was um, you were going to direct to VHS until Scream, pretty much. It was, it was pretty dead. I mean, like, I mean, like you, like you got the occasional gym in there. Like, I mean, like I mentioned Candyman. Like that is a good one. Like. Uh, but like, yeah, it was it was rough. It was, a, I guess, rough to be a horror fan. In the early I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised we made it out of there, G. Because yeah, you know, and you got like 40 Hellraiser sequels in the 90s, Jack, and they're all terrible. <laughs> yeah, true. 
and the <laughs> leprechaun went to the hood and all that fun stuff. Yeah, you went you went to space and the hood. <laughs> I will say there is a movie which I don't really like horror anthologies, but I highly recommend Jack if you get a chance. Tales from the Hood. That's really really good. I I think that's, oh, that's really fun. Solid. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. Alrighty, Jack Joe Spinell that guy award. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Leslie Jordan. I about gasped when I saw Leslie Jordan pop up in this movie. I I saw the name of the credits. I was like, no way. And then, surely enough, I was just like, all right. Guess I guess I'm now gonna be thinking about you from Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> so I was gonna go Leslie Jordan here, but I think mm-hmm. for I wanted to keep to the horror roots, and I went with Kane Hodder because Kane Hodder has a scene as Kane Hodder. At the beginning of the movie. So when they bring Jason in dead, Kane Hodder is one of the security guys. So yeah. I'll throw. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'll throw love for Kane Hodder there. Kane Hodder is like the fucking man. Like I, I've spoken to him like at cons, like numerous occasions at like VIP parties and stuff like that. And he is like great to chat with. Uh, gee, do you have anyone here? Like who, who's that guy? Steven Williams? <laughs> I, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could just be funny. I, I'm I'm going with uh, King Hunter too, and I, I feel the same way that you do. I I love uh, one to hear him talk in general about the mm-hmm. whole like all the all the franchises, the whole like all the entries that he was a, a part of. Not only he really loved the character, he loved playing the character, and he loved the franchise. And you can just tell that he had like a deep affection for it, and he really cared about doing it. So when so many people talk about, uh, hey, does it really matter who was like behind all that yeah. stuff against me? And you do like walking and moving. Like we we talked about it on our podcast too. Like if you're a horror fan, there are certain people that like know he moves a certain way, he turns yep. a certain way, he does this a certain way, and it's like for fans like that's important. And you know, King Hodder, you know, played him the most across you know several movies, and I, just to hear him talk about his affinity for the characters in the franchise, I still love that. And I even and I, I know he's in a good place with it now. I also still have like. It's so I feel so bad for him. Me too. Discusses the whole Freddy versus Jason thing because he was so excited to do it. He was so excited to do that with Robert England because they were friends. Like they were like really pumped about doing it, and to kind of have that like snatched away from him. Like I mean, I wasn't even involved. It made it stings for me. <laughs> so I can imagine like how it felt for him. I'm with, I'm with you, G. Like it's, Jack, if you ever get a chance to read up that story, or just not even read up, watch interviews of Kane Hodder. It's like mm-hmm. it's it's heartbreaking. It's just, just the fact yeah, that he has he... a really good documentary too, where he discussed it uh, and kind of about it about his career, where he talked about it too. And like it's you can, even though he's in a good place with it, you can still tell that like mm-hmm. it's a little something that like you know still gets to him a bit. And like it's mm-hmm. it's sad. Like you know, I, mean, I I have to wonder what it was like to like watch that movie come out and then have it be successful too. It, I mean, yeah. like and like you know, not get to enjoy that. I mean, I thought that. Oh. Someone that really dedicated so much time and you know and love to that, like that has to hurt. Yeah, I'm hundred percent there. It's and that movie has a lot of problems, but the Jason versus Freddy stuff is yeah. not one of them. The fight sequences are pretty Taylor, awesome. Ellie Rose. Ellie Rose. She's number one, but I really hate Monica Keena in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> she okay, I, 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 I was I at first thought she was good. Because I was like, but then I was like, dude, like it feels like she's like, she's taking it very seriously. Some of the, and like 
and not playing up the camp. And maybe she should have played up the camp. Oh my god! Instead, she instead she attacks it like almost like it's like hard hitting drama in certain scenes. Like she's really, you could tell like she probably took her script home as like, what am I? What is my character feeling here? <laughs> like she really took it seriously. And we we <laughs> like, we haven't talked we haven't talked in a while on the here. Um, so during <laughs> last year, Dawson's Creek hit. Uh, Amazon Prime. So Jenny and I watched the oh, first season. Bro, when Jenny pointed out that's her, I'm like, what? <laughs> she looks nothing like it. Or... Yep. Nothing like her. And did you get to season two? Did you watch season two? No, we got to season one. We got to the oh, end of season one. Oh, she does things in season two and then she has a glorious exit that is quite. Oh, uh, shit, really? Because at first, yeah, I, rem- <laughs> I, rem- I remember you and Jen were like, oh, she sucks. And I'm watching. I'm like, she doesn't seem that bad. But Jenny's like, oh, just wait. You gotta wait. Oh, it's coming. As far as you know, as a show, I mean, like it's funny because Dawson's Creek is pretty like tame compared to like those teen shows. Yeah, and like when she was like, she eventually became like the bad girl. <laughs> like and like she she really uh, negatively influenced like Michelle Williams Jen's character. Like, you know, like let's go treat and party and like eh, that kind of thing. And <laughs> Jack, like, if you Dawson's <laughs> Creek, it's it's wild that it was a show about the lead is a cinephile. And a Spielberg fan that is the most dislikable character on that show. Like I, yeah, no one wants to be him. If someone labeled me a Dawson, I was like, well, I am mildly exultant. Yeah, <laughs> so bad. Um, yeah, <laughs> Al Martino miscast award. Listen, so I really like this guy, but as soon as I saw Creighton Duke, I thought of someone else, and my would I have loved Keith David to play Creighton Duke. <laughs> Ooh. Yes, 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 yes. He was like, it seemed like he was busy. I don't know <laughs> what he was doing. Maybe he was doing gargoyle reruns or something, but like, <laughs> David would have been splendid. I mean, given, given how busy he is, he was probably doing something. So, uh, what do you got, yeah. Jack? Yeah, man. John DeLamay as Stephen Freeman. <laughs> uh, if I had to, I was trying to think, and I was wondering, I was like, if depending on whichever way they could have gone, let's see what we could work with. So, if they wanted to lean more towards like the 30 year old. How about Alan Ruck? And he wasn't he was, doing anything back then. He wasn't doing a ton. No, it was really, I mean, a lot of us looking back at his filmography, it really is like, he was also in Speed and Speed 2. But I mean, I think those Ferris Bueller and Succession are really like the peaks. So I could definitely have seen him being in like a horror franchise entry such as this. Um, and then if they were wanted, if they actually wanted to make him more younger, somebody like um, I, I was looking at uh, Robert Sean Leonard, aka Neil Perry from Dead Poet Society, who's a bit younger. Okay. Uh, somebody who I think is also more charismatic than who we ended up getting. Uh, and yeah, like like guy like guys mentioned, like these definitely aren't like the movies who are like supreme acting or anything like that, but. I don't know. It was just a performance that I thought was ended up being just really boring, especially for how much he was actually in the movie. For sure. Gee, do you have anyone you would recast here? So it's funny the Stephen Williams thing. I was trying to think of like what black actor <laughs> who who was like uh, not. I mean, need the work <laughs> and, and, not, and not too famous. I think it's funny that you did the Keith David one, and then. I just, it's not like it's a perfect fit because I was like, who else was like not doing much? And my first thought was like, Bill Duke. <laughs> so I was like, he's not doing much. He can, he can do it. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him 
my homie from Predator. The only uh, Bill Duke works is he has the face for it too. Yeah. <laughs> and another guy that wasn't doing anything would be Carl Weathers. Oh, there you go. Oh. Uh, all righty, Marie. About- <laughs> go, go ahead, for. Staying on this train. What about what about Bobby Rhodes from Demons? <laughs> Wait, are we talking about the pimp? Yeah, you got Tony the Tiger. <laughs> yeah, just have like the mo- the greatest cinematic filmography in history. <laughs> That's so funny because he didn't do anything else, which is still oh, hilarious. Yeah, he a Wikipedia page by what I'm looking Did at. you ever find Tony or the Pimp the movie, the one I told you about? I, I I never looked for I never looked for it, but I, I might have to. Yeah. Um. If if I clear up my Halloween watch list, I might throw that on as a last second entry. So the Marie Joire music moment of the movie, I'm just going to go with the end, the moment the hand comes up, and you, yeah, and you have yeah. the combination of, yeah. you have the combination of the Nightmare theme with the, with the Friday theme. I think that works perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, that, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's a, that's a, you know, it's funny, I love that moment too, and I love, like, uh, I always talk about, like, the opening, uh, the crawl from New Light Cinema for Freddy vs. Jason, which yeah. you can buy, so. The Friday Thirteenth Nightmare. That's cool. Too. It reminds me of that. That it's, movie was so cool. It was, it was such a good tease, and then it was like, "All right, well, we gotta wait ten long, long years." They each franchise got one more movie. We got New Nightmare in '94, oh. and then we got uh, Jason. New Nightmare is phenomenal, Jack. Like it's so underrated. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? In my brain, I don't know why I thought New Nightmare. Like made money because I thought like oh it's good like critics it, it did not make any money. it flopped <laughs> I mean yeah, they appreciated it later I think like people but I, I thought it actually made money in my brain like, I'm actually I'm I'm it's it's so interesting though because nowadays if that movie doesn't make money we don't get scream it would probably be not in that meta yeah. direction because New Nightmare is completely meta Jack everyone plays their real per like like Robert Englund plays Robert Englund Heather Langenkamp plays Ed- so it's very it's a very interesting direction. Um, all right, do you have anything else there, Jack, for the music moment? Or that was what I had to. All right, yeah. cool. All right, my fa- my favorite award, the Black Turtleneck Guy Award for most impact and little scenes in the movie. So I went with Rusty Schwimmer as Joey B, the lady from the diner. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like she is like she's like shooting like seventy five percent. She's making like forty three, four threes, six assists. Like I think she's cooking while she's on screen, literally and figuratively. Uh, <laughs> who, what do you got, Jack? I, I I had the same. Yeah, no, she. Well, like as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, this like same thing. I was like, as soon as I saw her, I was like, this is a Jack character for sure. Uh, what about you, G? Who made the most impact in the littlest amount of time for you? Well, I I think. It- Probably would be fair to I. I think it's okay to mention Kenny Harder because he's not yeah, really he's not on a lot. Yeah, that is that is fair. As Jason Voorhees, like I mean, like, and I mean that, that was something that bothered me a lot when I first saw it. Is you know, like, like me you too. said, like when you first say it when you're younger, I was like, well, this isn't what I was expecting. That you're or mad because you're young and like this is not my Friday Thirteen. Uh, then you appreciate it a little bit more when you're older. But yeah, he. I mean, he's not really doesn't have a lot to do. But when he is on screen, like he he reminds me of why he one of the best to play that character and very and it's very interesting like i didn't i didn't mention it before but like you had the blueprint of what not to do 10 years before with halloween 3 don't market it as what it is 
what it's yeah, not exactly. I mean. And then like they can the, if you watch the trailer of that move this movie, Jack, it's it's promoting Jason. Like yeah, so it's it, it's a very interesting like did you think like you were just gonna get butts in seat for Jason alone and then they'll yeah, they, just have to deal. And they did this with this franchise already because they did that kind of with five. And like yeah. I know a lot of people don't like five. I mean, I I, I like five. five. I think it's five. I like five. I think people are like, all right, okay, I get it. It's not really Jason, but they they did this already and they did it again. They're like, yeah, well, you know, that was a long time ago. They probably forgot. And <laughs> we could just market it this way. <laughs> and when you rewatch five, you can tell even more because my guy never takes really hard shots throughout the movie. No, he doesn't. He, he does like the at all <laughs> the easiest uh, of tasks. <laughs> all right. Thomas Mitchell, best supporting player. Stephen Williams, can we go home? Do you have anyone else? Nope. What's your favorite? <laughs> mo- <laughs> What's your favorite moment, Creighton Duke? I think mine is the jail cell. Yeah, I was gonna say the jail cell. Yeah, like, yeah, giving it's... that entire speech, like, and the only one who could kill Jason. Yeah, and he's just giving with just like the widest eyes, and it's just like staring him at through just the doing all that, doing all that acting. Let me break your fingers real quick. Come on. Oh, no, then, my, then I can tell you. Then I can tell you. My favorite is like this one's for free. Yeah. After <laughs> breaking so like three, four really fingers. Classic um, funny line. <laughs> the Icebox MVP of the film award. All right. So I was going to just go with Kane Hodder, but I'm just going to be like, whoever decided to have a final shot with Freddy's glove coming out through the dirt, even though it had yeah. no immediate payoff. Because that's. Yeah. I mean, I wonder, like, how that decision was made. I mean, I was just like, hey, we're just going to do this with no real plan yet. <laughs> we're just going to, like, hey, let's just do it because we have both franchises under our umbrella. So it's the, we I know. It's kind of like we know we can do it. We're just letting you know we can do it. We don't have any plans right now, but hey, well, it exists. Yeah, we don't, Keep your eyes we, we don't know what we're going to do. And then it's going to take 17 writers to cut. Like, they went through 17 writers to try to figure out how to do Freddy vs. Jason. So they landed on those last two. And I was like, how does that go through like 17 different people like trying to pitch an idea for Freddy versus Jason before? And they're like, all right, this. Yeah, this works. one works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jack, what do you what do you got here? Um, I was going to say, yeah, I, I had uh, I had Stephen Williams. But I mean, that's a that's a great point, too, because that's definitely the most memorable moment in the movie. Also, all righty. Uh, gee, do you have an MVP or just going with that? I go with that too. I mean, I, it was such a, I mean, I, it was such a brilliant thing to do because I mean that's probably the most exciting moment. I mean, even if you didn't love the movie, when you, like, I'm imagining like older people seeing it in theaters in 1993 yeah. and being like, "Well, that mostly sucked," and then just having that moment, and then like whatever sucked was just washed away <laughs> for like a moment. It was like the first Rogue One people who did like Rogue One and then got the Vader scene near the end. They're like, oh, this movie's awesome, guys. They, and they, thank like, God the internet wasn't around when this scene happened. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Like, you can't... All- <laughs> the spoiler like, talk would have been... Not, it's just that, just the whole toxicity of it all. This movie would have been... Like, look at Halloween Ends. I like Halloween Ends. Look at, look at social media. I- I do too. I, I got like, like brutally attacked by someone on Twitter. Same here. And I was like, oh, first of all, calm down. This is a movie, and I can like it. You don't have to. And I at least appreciate it for doing something different. However, I do think there are a lot of uh, ride or die supporters of Halloween, and I, you know, people like you that support it. So I just want to throw my weight behind Halloween Kills now because I think it's so much more fun than people give it credit for. I, <laughs> I, I. I, I 
I went, I've been through such a like a journey with that movie. When I first saw it, I liked it. When I saw it the second time, you know, it's it. I think if that scene with the mental patient, like the mental asylum patient, if that sequence doesn't happen, I think I'd probably be even more higher on it. But you're right; it's very much like the more on the traditional like one, uh, two, four, five, six Michael Myers, just like slash and dash, and then move forward. Yeah, I think it's like it's called Halloween Kills, and that's what you got. Oh no! Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what you got? Um, and the kills are f- phenomenal. In yeah, that they're great. Yeah. I mean, that when that the girl that's dressed up like the nurse when she when he kicks the door and she yeah. like shoots her, shoots her stuff, that, I was like, uh. <laughs> I was like, yeah. How do you? Yeah. And the opening in '78 is phenomenal. In- yeah, I mean, like, I mean, whatever it, you you almost can of like whatever shortcomings you think that movie has, like that was recreated so well and like. With such care, and even getting that actor, like the kind of Donald Flynn is like look alike, basically. Yeah, it looks exactly like looked, him. Yeah, it was really good. Have you, you haven't, oh, you haven't seen any of them, right? You've only seen 2018, Jack? Uh, the like new ones? Yeah. I saw Halloween, I think I saw up to Kills. I think I just had a really crazy October last year, didn't get around to ends. If you think about it though, like Halloween 1 to Halloween, Halloween Kills and Halloween is, is essentially like it follows the same format of Halloween 1, 2, and 3. Like 1 is more cerebral, 2 is a gore fest, 3 is subvert expectation and do something completely different. So, mm. and I, I listen, I am the fact that David Gordon Green knew what he was getting in and used the same font and color of Halloween 3 in a credit. Yeah, I'm like, he, knew, he knew exactly what he was he doing. He knew what he was doing. Like, um, <laughs> they go like to <laughs> it's funny as soon as i as soon as i saw it because i saw it with jen as soon as the credit the, the, the screen come up i point at her i'm like jen that's the same that's the same font and color as halloween 3 you're doing it where's dr chalice i'm like give me give me and, uh, fucking sh- I shamrock I song i don't know if this was like you when i saw that at a first at a press screening and then i went opening night with my little brother and when that movie was over, I could feel the physical disdain from everyone mm-hmm. in that theater when it was over. I, I was like, you could just feel their whole body was like, I did not like that. And I was just sitting there. I was like, I think I did. Yeah. But I didn't want to say it out loud because it, like, it felt like everyone was angry. I was like, I'll wait. Until, you know, it's, the, it's kind of like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I kind of really liked that they went and did something different and it's not like we didn't get our payoff with laurie and michael in the end we still got what we got like it's right it, i mean and, then, and there was some trickery in the marketing right i mean it was marketed as something completely not what it was a little oh, bit oh yeah yeah it feels yeah. like it feels like what gordon green wanted his original whole trilogy to be but the studio was like no 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 no, no, no. we can't we can't do yeah. that you can't do that real quick you can wait till we get <laughs> seriously all righty yeah. mount rushmore jack is this the Mount Rushmore for cowboy hats in movies? <laughs> Probably not, but it's a fun inclusion. I'll say, like, it's in the Hall of Fame. What about bounty hunters? Okay, let's let's break this one down. I, so, can you name any like famous bounty hunters in movies? Because Quint is not a bounty hunter in Jaws, uh, so I will not allow that one. I. Yeah. I I would head. I would I would argue that he is one in in, in technicality because he is being paid to hunt for the shark. Wait, wasn't I mean, Gerard Butler a bounty, a bounty hunter in that movie with Jennifer? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, you got the you got the boys in Django. Okay, uh, that's a good one. You got one. Boba Fett. 
Uh, oh, yeah. Well, Boba Fett doesn't do anything except get well, killed. Well, you, you so, can yeah. make that uh, argument. He, he, he looks we're cool. We're going to make He's <laughs> he on the Mount Rushmore for bounty hunters in movies. Even though he doesn't do shit. I'll by by, by, by principle, he's up there. <laughs> what about Luca Brasi? A bounty hunter, though. Well, yeah, he's not getting paid. I, I was going to say, I accept paid, the right. argument for. Um, I was going to say, if you were to say, like, in, I might blank out Clemenza, who okay, was to yeah. kill him in the car. I was going to say, I would accept that more for sure. But all right, is this the Mount Rushmore for old men in varsity jackets? Yes. Yeah, mm, <laughs> I would say it's like the Mount Rushmore version that's in the gift shop because it really should be a thing. Uh, <laughs> and then, I guess this is Mount Rushmore for eliminating orig- all en- other entries in your horror franchise because I think it's only this Halloween and The Exorcist now. I can't think of anyone else yeah. that's done it. Yeah, I was gonna say we'll come back to this. We'll give it time, I suppose. Oh, listen, reboots come. G, you, <laughs> you, may, you may not know this. G will know this, but I've told you about this. There's only one good Exorcist sequel, and it's Exorcist Three. Exorcist Two is one of the worst movies I have ever uh, seen in my life. Uh, it's so hot garbage. Nothing. This movie, and it's funny. Every I, while I am worried about the new one, nothing in that movie looks as bad as Two was. Nothing. Not one scene in this movie um and Watch the trailer the two trailers from the new one that like i can't tell how i feel about it i don't know either i don't know I, either I, I was just like i just don't know that was my overall idea. like i i hope i hope it's at like i mean it's going to be better than the paul schrader exorcist 2 like i really don't think there's any any comparison with the sequels in well, that franchise well i found out how they got ellen Burstyn to do the movie because she i guess she turned it down four times and then they uh they, I guess they they offered to pay something like some charity or something that she is a part of. They put funding towards that, and then she said yes to doing it. So that sounds more like okay, well, you did me a solid. I guess I'll do you a solid rather than like this seems like a good project. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm even more concerned that where's Linda Blair? Yeah, I mean they keep kind. Of, I feel like I heard stories that like she and there are rumors that she was on set and stuff. But I don't really. I mean it. I've always felt this way when I've heard about them doing this. I know it, the mother character is important. Like, you know, she went through a lot in The Exorcist, but it was Reagan's body. Like, she went through everything <laughs> in The Exorcist. So, mm-hmm. like, I would lend the Blair back more than, than no shade against Ellen Burstyn because, you know, I, I think she's great. Love no, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> she's amazing. Uh, but I would think you would want, you know, Reagan endured a lot. She, she, is, the, she is the poster, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for yeah, sure. No, I'm with you. Um, <laughs> and that's all. Oh, and shape shifting horror villains. I did oh. have. I I was gonna say in terms of the shape, I did have worms in movies. Uh, there you uh, go. Up up there with <laughs> Dune, The Empire Strikes Back. Um, and I haven't seen it, but I know it's like the center of it. I put Creep Show up there too. Which one? The first one. Which I, I just put, yeah, Creep Show collectively because it's like the whole thing. Wait, <laughs> when you watch Creep Show, I mean, Creep Show one it's is on, great. It's on my Halloween list for Creep Show so two is trash except one sequence in on a uh, on a dock, not a dock, but like a pier, and like this like black sludge is killing all the campers or the people that are swimming. That's pretty creepy shit. Um, 
but that's about it. But yeah, what do you got, Jack? Do you have anything here? Uh, no, that that was it. Aside from what you had mentioned. All right. Uh, <laughs> do, so uh, I got it. All right, cool. All right, cool. So let's. I have some fun facts before we head home, and here we go. So there was an alleged comic book that bridged the gap between Friday the Thirteenth. And this film, it followed Jason after he was dipped in toxic waste in New York sewer, walked his way back to Crystal Lake. It also explains why the FBI has a task force specifically for Jason. Fun fact about that, Jay, fun fact about that, Jack. In Jason takes Manhattan, he ends up in a lake and somehow swims into the Hudson River. <laughs> they don't even try to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. It that's like, never. That's just like that's like but that's literally like Buddy the Elf just like going like from the North Pole and then he just enters the Lincoln Tunnel somewhere somehow. And yeah. it's like, okay, I'm in New York, guys. It's like they won't question it. Just let it yeah, happen. it was something. <laughs> uh, at around an hour and eighteen minutes in the film, just before the handcuffs, uh, hack, just before he handcuffs himself to Jason and part of an immobile furniture, Crane Duke says, "You son of a bitch, you remember me." In the final film, that sounds nonsensical. <laughs> in the auto commentary, <laughs> uh, it is revealed that at one point in the script, uh, it had noted that Jason killed Duke's girlfriend. His backstory initially explained that he was canoeing with his girlfriend in Camp Crystal Lake before Jason emerged from the water and dragged his girlfriend down into the lake. This is what led to his career as a bounty hunter. Yeah, I never really, like... I never like process that like inconsistency, but that's that's hilarious. <laughs> that's what it's pointed out. Yeah. The reason <laughs> that uh, Jason goes to hell the final Friday is the title is because they could not use the title Friday the Thirteenth because of the copyright with Paramount. I mean, you buy the rights and you don't buy the goddamn. Yeah, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say, say like, yeah, I, I want I want Jason, but we don't want the we don't want the movie itself. We just want the character. Seriously. Um, one early concept for this movie was Jason goes to L.A. in which two rival <laughs> gangs would be fighting. When Jason would show up and start murdering them, the rival gangs would bond together to defeat Jason. I feel like they would have been able to shoot most of that practically in L.A. though. That would have been instead of like faking it. That would have been easily, like, yeah, yeah. Um, As opposed to Jason takes Manhattan when they, you know. Didn't I, really- I did a little research. Say, what, what's the fake LA? Where do they shoot? I don't know. I, I was like, what do they do? For, I don't know if they do anything for fake LA. Savannah <laughs> or something? I don't know. When Creighton Duke is being interviewed, he demands 500000 for the capture. He says, for that, you get the mask, the machete, the whole damn thing. I looked it up after you spoke about it to confirm the exact uh, quote there. The only person who was actually viewed any footage during the 28 day shoot was editor David Hanman, meaning no one, no one in the studio. Not one person was viewing the dailies as per normal procedure. They were all too focused on moving on to the next stop and to make sure that they, whatever they got was usable. A lot of it wasn't Adam Marcus had made uh, as many first director mistakes as you can. For example, he originally had an eight minute sequence and nonstop slow motion. Oh, my God. Um, and the various conversation scenes dragged so long, not even Mystery Science Theater could make any f- could make it fun or interesting. They were only able to salvage 45 to 50 minutes of the original uh, sh- shot footage, uh, eventually wow. leading to a complete reshoot of the final couple of minutes of the movie. Uh, and in extended interviews on the complete history of 
Friday Thirteenth, Crystal Lake Memories. Uh, Noel Cunningham said that the original rough cut of Jason Goes to Hell was two hours and ten minutes long. Right up there with the Jesus. lawnmower yeah, man. I'm good. Hard, uh, hard pass. This one, <laughs> we talked about G about who could have played Creighton Duke. I don't know how we didn't think about this person. Tony Todd edition for the role. Oh yeah, that would work. And he didn't get it. Uh, Carrie Keegan's negative experience working on the film and her antagonistic relationship with director Adam Marcus eventually caused her to quit acting for good. She doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. (laughs) She she went to hiding. (laughs) Essentially, this has to do with like Marcus requesting Keegan to do a shower completely nude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was unnecessary. So that led to like a big uh, uh, the only film in the series to be released in 1990. And and then finally, oh no! Uh, do you know what movie John McTiernan did when he turned down this movie? I don't. Mm. Last Action Hero. That, oh, okay, okay. Oh, uh, that yeah. Was, good choice. Good choice. choice. <laughs> yeah. We appreciate it more now. Yeah, oh, I love it. That's another one that I really appreciate. I love that movie. Uh, and then this is the only film entry in the franchise that gives Jason the ability to possess people. This ability had not been used in any of their previous films and has not been used in any other entry since. Um, yeah. What? And, and <laughs> who knows if we're ever going to get another one? I don't know. what. We hear things. We hear a TV show's coming. We hear A24 is doing it. And then, yeah. The TV show seems like a thing, right? I mean, like, they, isn't it? Well, I guess the writer's strike, I mean, that doesn't help, but, like, I mean, she. Uh, oh my God, I forgot her name. Why am I drawing a blank on uh, her name? Uh, uh, Alice, Alice, Adrian, Adrian King. King right? Adrian King. Yeah, She's yeah. involved from the first one, so yeah, I seem very excited. That's cool. I hope we need something. It's been yeah, it's been it, fifteen years or fourteen years yeah, at it, this point. It, yeah, it's crazy to think that like Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street, like after their respective remakes, they just kind of. It's weird not to have them. I I I think that like. You know, at least with whatever you felt about like the David Gordon Green Halloween trilogy, at least it kept that uh, the brand like viable and relevant and made it relevant again. And like, I would love to see that for Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street. And I think Nightmare on Elm Street is going to be a lot tougher because I listen. It's going to be hard. To, like Robert England. Yeah, the, it's it's. I think that's the that they and I honestly, hard. dude. Like, I don't know. I, I think you'd agree. Like, I I think it's impossible. I don't think there's anyone yeah. that could replace Robert England. Like I know he said Kevin Bacon. Um That would be I, terrible. I mean, I like Kevin Bacon, he can act, but like I just can't see it. I mean, I just I do want to support what Robert Eagan like would want if he yeah, had choice. Yeah, but, yeah. I, uh it, and you know what's funny is like Becky Earl Alien on paper was a good idea. <laughs> it just like it just The movie just sucks. The movie was just bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen that, Jack? You know, right? The remake of Nightmare on Elm Street? Um it no, almost... we talk about this a lot. Like Katie Cassidy, if, if she is in your horror remake, it is bad. She was in What a Stranger Called, Black Christmas, and A Nightmare on Elm Street, and that is a sign that it's not going to be good. And Black Christmas is—I've grown to appreciate 06 a little oh, bit I more. I appreciate it now. It's fun. It's really bad. It's not yeah, like it's... the original's great. Yeah, I'm with you. And and once 2019 came out, you really appreciate 06. Yeah, you really you really appreciated Black Christmas. I'm like, all right, all right that, it's fine for sure. <laughs> Completely fine. All right. Yep. So that wraps everything up. I think we got a lot here. That very interesting conversation, fellas. Uh, great kickoff to the spooky season. Uh, Jack, as always, plug your stuff before we go. 
You can find me on Letterboxd. You can continue to see what more Jaws ripoff movies I'm going to be watching during this spooky season. Uh, and then you can also find all of us over on the League of Cinephiles. We're taking that break, but we're going to be back before you know it with season four and our last big stretch of fun stuff. Awesome. Angie, thank you so much for coming on today. Where can everyone find you? Nice. You can find me at G underscore reels and listed there is everywhere I freelance at now. So like, I'll just make it easier for you to find. Uh, and then also, I'm glad that you guys are doing spooky season stuff on your podcast. It's on Back to the Blockbuster. We started spooky season uh, this week as well. The next two months is all horror movies. Uh, we did Wolf Creek this week with a really fun uh, horror movie podcast. And we're trying to get a different horror movie podcast on as a guest uh, for each episode that we're doing uh, through this month and October. Nice. Uh, and I also threw one at you because I think you would be fun to have on uh, some spooky season episodes as well. So, oh, or both sure. of you, uh, if you want to come on, yeah. So it's exciting. I if, if I can, I I was like, yeah, I'll dedicate too much to it, and I'm glad that my co-host was really into it. So that helps a lot too. For sure. Uh, you can find me as always at the cinematic on Instagram, Letterbox, uh, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, also, <laughs> we we will be spending a lot of time in horror. Uh, traditional and untraditional horror so you can look for a lot of coverage in the next couple of weeks we will be covering next week psycho 2 on its 40th anniversary it's which is see see jack another it's another good. fan I, I never said it's, I was good. Looking it's good forward to it. once you like it, once it, you get over the top of all the hitchcock like, movies it's that's probably the one where it would most warrant a sequel like i'm not sure what like vertigo 2 would look like <laughs> 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 it's just Scotty still just standing in front of the, just still wondering. <laughs> just, like this he's still looking hours. over. He's like, "What's going on?" Like, I, I think she's moving. <laughs> but yeah, next week we're gonna be covering Psycho Two, which should be a fun discussion. Until next week, see you at the movies.